Welcome to the British Bird Gang Breakdown, episode 138, and the beginning of a new season approaches. We're way away from actual meaningful football, but before we do have that, we have the free agency and also the draft coming up. I'm glad to say that we've re-signed for another season at least. So, as always, I'm Tom, and I'm joined by Dr Callum, as always, as we do another of these episodes. Evening, Tom. Um, yeah, we're back. It's it's technically the start of the 2022 season for the British Bird Gang Breakdown. Um, and yeah, we're in episode 138. We've been talking about this for years and years. And yet we're in another, you know, pre-season episode, another off-season episode that we're just here not really knowing what the Cardinals' future is going to look like. Yeah, I know. We've got a bit of this, a bit of that for this episode, you know. Obviously, the main things is obviously free agency. And of course, like I said, we have re-signed for another season. Not that there was much negotiation going on, was there? <laughs> Not really, no. Um, but yeah, it's good to good to be back. Um, good to have stuff to discuss. And I'm looking forward to, to another full season and hopefully getting some good Cardinals uh, improvement, Cardinals victories. I mean, obviously, if you go on Twitter at the moment, it seems to be a pretty much dumpster fire. You know, everyone thinks Cardinals going to be terrible this year. But, you know, there's still months and months before the football actually starts. Yeah, big time. I mean, um, there's definitely a lot of reaction at the moment to the broad uh, trend of uh, some pretty big names leaving, some pretty big names going off to to, um, other teams. Um, And also us not really bringing in new faces to replace those people. But I do think there are positives. I think we've got some good re-signings to talk about. I think we've got some people who are not worth the money that they have asked for from other teams. Um, and just late breaking news right before we recorded, we've got including a, a really, really big incoming name. So yet to see how the fan base is going to react to that. Yeah, but before we get on to that, we do have a couple of news items to break down, which aren't technically free agency stuff, but I suppose they need to be talked about. Yeah, I mean, they might as well be personnel changes, especially if we're talking about um, the general manager and head coach team of uh, Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime. Yeah, they were extended in the off-season, signing new five-year deals keeping them tied to the franchise until 2027, much to the chagrin of many people online. I mean, those are big bets in favour of, of those guys there. That's a, that's a long contract for each of them. Of course, I'm sure there's uh, out clauses on both sides in, uh, as part of that, but you know, five years is a, is a long time. Yeah, I mean, obviously people may like, might not want to say it, but there has been progress with these two. You know, like over the past couple of years, like we've gone from worst team in the football to making the playoffs last year. Granted, it wasn't much of playoffs, but, you know, there is progress being made. It's incremental progress. And I think the thing that people forget is that this isn't, you know, signing them to a five-year deal to say, all right, in in five years' time, we're going to win the Super Bowl. This is, you know, betting on them getting to a point of, you know, winning in the playoffs in two years, in three years, and also still having them then locked in on deals for a couple of years after that point. So I think, you know, that that's the purpose of getting them in for a long deal now, right? It's not to say, you've got another five years to meander about and to get yourself to that point. It's to say, get yourself up to a really good point and stay there for a few years. Yeah, obviously, you know, in the NFL, it's hard to be on top for too long, isn't it? Because, you know, like... Yeah. Big players need the big money, you know, that can't always afford to keep them, can you? Yeah, big time. I mean, there's there's lots of balances against them there, but I think, you know, ultimately you do need stability at the top for success. If you look at, you know, the, the dynasties of recent years, if you look at the Patriots, you know, one of the big key things there was having uh, a lot of stability at the top for a long, long time. And, and, you know, that's the kind of thing that can keep you winning. And if you continue to win as well, you then get, players who might be asking for more wanting to stay with you because you know you're winning yeah obviously as a cardinals fan we've not been known for winning too much have we like over the years even the years we've done this podcast how many successful seasons have we had yeah absolutely i mean we've had a you know a couple winning seasons sprinkled through it we've had a couple of uh playoff runs briefly um 
but yeah, you know, if, again, it's all about turning around fortunes, and that's the that's the bet that you're putting down here. And obviously, you know, people on Twitter they're always complaining about something, and they're like, you know, why did that dr- that drunk get such a long deal? And it's like, yeah, we could get over the DUI part now, can't we? Surely that happened years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and it seems as though he's done a lot to you know uh, to deal with that in in recent years as well, but. Um, yeah, I think ultimately it's, it's always going to be an unpopular decision with some people. But to to me, I ask, you know, like what's the what's the alternative? Like, if you want Steve Keim out, if you want Cliff Kingsbury out, who do you want in their place? I mean, obviously, everyone always says Adrian Wilson, but it's like he's already part of the organization and he's part of this success or lack of success that we're currently having. Yeah, big time. And you know, on top of that, I do think that if um. If he wanted it and management thought he was ready to do that, there would be more serious conversations happening around that sort of deal, right? Because that would not only be a good deal for for A-Dub, it would not only be potentially a good deal for the Cardinals, but it could also be, you know, the, the kind of thing that gets national media excited, you know, an ex-player coming in and managing. Um, and yet we're not seeing anything about it. And to me, that says that, you know, one or other party thinks that it's not worth it or somebody's not ready yet. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've got the extensions for these two, but still something's lacking when it comes to another key part of the organisation. Yeah, indeed. I mean, we talk about, you know, uh, Steve Keim, obviously leadership in the non-player side of things. Uh, We've got Cliff Kingsbury, who's leadership, you know, on the sidelines. But when it comes to leadership on the field, um, there's, as ever, a healthy resource of Kyler Murray drama. Yeah, I mean, where do we even begin to start with this drama that we've had this off season? And like, it's only been a few weeks as well. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I would say that the the single biggest thing, which kind of has always been a thing that Kyler's done, has been his um sort of social media presence, or or rather his lack of social media presence. Yeah, I mean, obviously, people come out, you know. You realize, oh no, Kyler Murray's like got rid of every single photo on his Instagram except for two. It's like, yeah. But the thing is, he only archived them. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing, right? Because I've, I've spoken to a few people about this, both in the sense of football with Kyler Murray and also um, even in F1, if you look at uh, what Lewis Hamilton did at this offseason, you know. Um, which is he did, he did essentially the same thing. If you don't know, he got rid of most of the posts off of his Instagram, etc. Um, and I think that this is more and more a thing that athletes are being advised to do. Um, you know, they need rest as much as anyone else does. And if you think about, you know, if your Instagram or something was just everything to do with your job and people talking about your job all the time. Uh, do you not think you'd maybe want a break from that during the off season? Do you not think you'd maybe want to think about something else and allow yourself to time to you know, time and space to get away from that? And to me, that's all that was. To me, that's somebody taking time and space away from work, which he's perfectly entitled to do. It's like it's his holiday, it's his time off, um, and and allowing himself, you know. The, the total freedom to do that. But it's also a holiday where he should be seen working as well because you know, <laughs> last off-season he didn't do any work whatsoever just because he wasn't tweeted about. Yeah, and, and look how uh, much that affected everything. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things, isn't it? It's like, you know, it's only social media. It's not like the be-all and end-all of everything. Yeah, I, th- I think people take it way too seriously. You know, they, uh, it's... um Yeah... Uh, and I, I do also think there's an element of, of with Kyler, I think he can't catch a break because he's black as well. You know, I think there's plenty of people who are, who are out to try and hit him with any stick they can find. Um, and, you know, ultimately, it's I'm sure that if he was spent the whole offseason posting, you know, uh, Cardinals pictures and pictures of himself in the gym working out, they would say that he should be watching film. Exactly. God, when can he has to be doing everything exactly. all at once? Yeah, exactly. And he needs to be doing it perfectly without falter or somebody's going to find some problem. And and I do, you know, I really feel for the guy. And I think there's, you know, yet another reason why it's worthwhile for him um, archiving those Instagram posts and taking a few weeks for himself. And personally, I'd much rather see that. I'd much rather see him come back 
mentally strong as well as physically strong and, and a huge part of that is taking time off yeah and i mean of course there's always been there's also been the reports this off season of potential unhappiness in the organization with kyla especially when it comes to him and his agent you know his agent put out a pretty long statement yeah um i sort of yeah i remember seeing some of this stuff and ultimately like isn't that the job of an agent as well to try and you know get as much money for their client as possible and obviously himself some money as well you know his commission that sort of thing well yeah precisely not that he's not rich enough to go Kyle is more his agent you know yeah exactly but I mean still it's like that's that's got to be part of it right that's you know you've got to you can't just be like sitting there saying yeah we're we're so happy it's the best possible place to be and then try and negotiate for more money you know instead if you make somebody sweat and make them think that you'd you'd be shopping around and looking for deals then um you know that's that's the strategy that you're going to take yeah and it all seems to stem apparently from the lack of any talk about an extension for kyle murray going forward you know he wants some sort of like protection i suppose some sort of job security basically yeah that's the one job security that's the word i was looking for like obviously he's tied to the cardinal franchise for like He's still got another year on his rookie deal. Then we've got the option. Then we've yep. also got the chance, if he obviously doesn't get a long-term deal, then we can franchise tag him for like two years. Granted, that would be really expensive. Given It'd be expensive, and, and generally it's not a good idea for you know somebody so key. Like it, it, it doesn't make people happy to be franchise tag, let's put it that way. Yeah. So, I mean, like obviously something will get done sooner rather than later. I'm sure it will, because, you know, He's like the best quarterback we've had since Carson Palmer, Kurt Warner, that sort of thing, you know. Yeah. They just grow on trees, do they, these guys? No, they don't. I mean, look what happened with the Rosen experiment, right? And, um, you know, I, I, I do think as well, like, I'm not, I don't want to um, completely negate that this might actually be a problem with the Cardinals organization as well. Like, we've seen multiple players complain about this in the end, and you know, it could be that there is something happening there behind the scenes, but ultimately we just, we, there's no way of knowing that, right? There's no way of knowing um, what's actually happening in these deals. Like, is Kyler trying to, you know, play for an extension now after a really good season compared to if he, you know, doesn't do so well next season or if he spends more time injured, for example, um, and, and then, uh, they can try and offer him a lower value. You know, is he trying to lock that in now? And, um, we just don't know. I mean, as you said, though, he's he's locked in under rookie contract for next year at least. We'll almost certainly take the option on him. So we've got two years to sort this out. And, um, you know, I imagine on top of everything else that part of the Cardinals' priority is going to be keeping him happy, right? I mean, yeah, obviously, if he is the future and they think he is the future, then you're going to keep him happy, aren't you? Or at least try your best to. Yeah, and ultimately, you know, the team is being built around him just now. So if you did decide that he wasn't the future for some reason, then you've got a hell of a job replacing him. Yeah, and obviously with all the quarterback carousel movements so far this offseason, which has been ridiculous, by the way. It's yeah. like, you know, where, what would you do without Kyler Murray? You're going to have Colt McCoy starting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, other teams have at some point con- uh, considered having Rosen at QB1, uh, albeit for like all of an afternoon, but for a while, Josh Rosen was QB. Uh, first QB at, um, was it Falcons that did that? It was, yeah, but apparently he was out of contract, so he wasn't technically there. Oh, was he not? Okay. Well, you know, it, it, basically the, the, the point is, is, once again, we're back to that thing of, um, you know, what's your backup? What's your secondary option there? Like Garoppolo's on the market, but Garoppolo's 40 years old and has an injury history as long as your arm and also once paid quite a lot. You know, uh, Colt McCoy is our current backup and he did well for two games, but he's not going to last a full season. I think Garoppolo's 40 though, by the way. He's no, I'm, I'm exaggerating. I'm exaggerating, oh. but he's, he's, he's uh, not... A rookie, let's put it that way, and he's uh, it, you know, been pretty well injured. He's been through the mill a few times. He's also not very good. Yeah, he's also not very good. Let's not forget that. But I mean, obviously, with free agency in full flow now, you know, 
maybe we should talk about that and what has happened for the Cardinals so far, you know, ins, outs, re-signs, that sort of thing. Yeah, indeed. Perhaps less dramatic than the Kyler Murray stuff, but at least we can talk about some deals that are done and not some deals that are being done over the next two and a half years or so. Um, should we start with all the people who have left us? Yeah, I mean, obviously there is a big, bigger list in this, but there are people still there as free agents elsewhere. So, you know, we don't know where they're going to end up. But the ones that have ended up in places... Uh, there's been some strange moves, I would say. Yeah, and I alluded to it earlier, but I think um, one of our prime, prime suspects here has to be Christian Kirk. Um, he's off to the Jags. He's off off to uh, to Florida there um, with a contract worth up to $81 million over the next four years, which is just an obscene amount of money. Yeah, I mean, especially for like what we've seen from Christian Kirk, he's like, what, three, four years? So much inconsistency, and yet here he is now amongst the top five paid wide receivers in the entire league. Yeah, I mean, that's um, it's definitely wide receiver one money that he's looking at there, and I don't think there's anything that he's put on tape for us over the past few years that, that would suggest that he's a wide receiver one, like... He's had his moments once in a while, but generally speaking, you know, he's been a solid slot receiver and and not much more. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's had these big games, hasn't he? You know, he's had like a couple of touchdowns, hundred plus yards, but that's like once in a blue moon. Like he follows yeah. up like a couple of weeks after with like one catch for like five yards or something, completely anonymous. It, and and I think that's the odd thing. And I do wonder, you know, have Jacksonville seen something in him that they think they can get out, which we can't? Um, you know, that that's that's a huge amount of money to go for. So they must see something. And I think it would be interesting to watch him over the next, you know, couple of years and see like, does he um, perform to that standard, or or is he just going to be a bust? You know. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate the move for him, you know. It's a good situation for him to go to because it's not like Jacksonville has much at the position and they have a really good quarterback there and a new head coach. So, you know, he's yeah, got opportunities. I think ultimately, you know, Jacksonville has, well, they, they literally only have up to go, right? Yeah, exactly. You can't really go much further down from where they've been in like, what, past two, three, ten years, something like that. Yeah, so, you know, if he goes in there and plays well, he could build quite a big brand for himself in that regard. You know, he could build himself in there and and he likely will be playing as their wide receiver one. Um, it's just a case of how effective he's going to be and how much of a good pairing he can get going on as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously going into free agency, I wouldn't have minded keeping Christian Kirk, but I was thinking, you know, like maybe 10 million a year would be his maximum. So Yeah, I, I was thinking like if he if he would come back for like seven or eight mil, then great, you know, that's fine. Like, I, I, I didn't want rid of him, let's say that. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously we were seeing him as good as he can be. Like, it had to be inconsistent, you know. He'd have been earning this sort of money here, the boys he's yeah. getting in Jacksonville, but that's not to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I think I, I agree with you there. You know, it's, if he'd been up to 10 million, would have loved to see him stay the fact that he's going for 20, 20 something million a year, um, no, he can he can uh, head off to Jacksonville and, and good luck to him. You know, I think um, I, I can only want to see good good things for him unless the Jags are playing the Cardinals. Yeah, and I mean, I don't hate the Jack Jaguars either. You know, obviously with everything they do over here for the game, you know, you play yeah, every time. single year, so it's like you've got to follow them to a certain degree. Not like be a fan, but like a follower, I suppose. See what yeah, they I could, I could say that. Like, yeah, just you know, they are, they are a team that I like to keep an eye on. So I'm sure I'll be able to see, you know, what he's doing over the next few years. Fair play to him, I suppose. You know, you got to get that yeah. money when you can. And another player who's off to to get paid, um, guy who was a cardinal for a couple of years, um, actually again in a way had a few really big games here or there and had a lot of time being anonymous, but in this case it was due to injury, uh, was Chandler Jones. Yeah, he's signed another big money contract. He's gone to the Las Vegas Raiders, where apparently he'll be earning somewhere in the region of $17 million a year. I think I could see that for him. Like, I think that's a lot more of a reasonable figure. Again, 
a lot of money and probably more than we could afford and or would want to pay it for him. But, you know, if you want to bring this guy in as be like a, you know, a central part of your defense, then I think that's a fair, you know, amount of money to be paying. Yeah. I mean, it's fair to say as well, the AFC West this year looks like it's going to be an amazing division, isn't it? Like, you yeah, know, so many really good players in it. And like, obviously they brought in, what was it, Russell Wilson to Denver. Yep. Kansas City or Kansas City. No, the Chargers, they've got so many good players brought in. They've traded for Khalil Mack, you know. Raiders, they've got brought in Chandler Jones, also Devontae Adams for some reason. Yep. Like, <laughs> for, for some reason, I think is a good description of that one, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny, just, though, seeing Chandler Jones move to the AFC, like, like or move over to that division, rather, just after Russell Wilson went over. It's like he was, you know, just, I'm not done with you yet, Russ. Yeah, I know. It's like Russell Wilson's probably thinking, thank God I don't have to see Chandler Jones again. And it's like, oh, shit, he's here two year, two days a year. <laughs> twice, yeah, twice a year again. Oh, no. I mean, um, it's something about the West divisions, though, isn't it? Obviously, NFC West, that's been good for us so long. Now the AFC West thinks they could catch up to us. Yeah, definitely. And um, and it's good as well, because the AFC West was in a bit of a, a mire for a little while there as well, or at least in specifically with the... Uh, <laughs> with the Raiders and the Broncos who both, you know, perpetually looked like they were going to do something at the start of the season and then proceeded to do nothing by the middle of it. Yeah, I mean, obviously Chandler Jones going to Las Vegas, that's pretty good for them because they also spent big this off-season, I think, wasn't it, extending their other pass rusher, Max Crosby? Yes, they did. Um, so that'll be a you know a formidable force for them um, in terms of pass rushing. Hopefully, you know, again, like this is this is me um, wishing good things for other teams because I don't I don't mind the Raiders, um, but hopefully for Chandler Jones' sake as well, he can stay healthy um, through the year and and you know be able to chase down some of those records that he's been looking at because. Um, again, otherwise, if he's not able to stay healthy, he's not going to be a, a happy boy there. Yeah, and obviously you mentioned Russell Wilson being traded to Denver before, and obviously Chandler Jones following him as well. Like, yeah. He's got their pass rush to face, and then twice a year he's also got the Chargers with Joey Bosa and oh, Khalil yeah. Mack as well. It's like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's pretty miserable. He's better hope that Denver offensive line gets figured out, otherwise unlucky yeah. him. Well, he'll be back to being a, a scrambler again, which maybe is why they brought him in. I mean, it's fair to say as well, like, obviously, you can't hate Chandler Jones going for the money because, you know, I'd have kept him. But again, I think it's too rich for all, what we have left, like, yeah. in the cap room. I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, ultimately, we, we probably had the choice between, like, do we want to keep JJ Watt or Chandler Jones here? And, um, I think that's actually a bit of a tough call because, you know, both of them have had their injured season. Both of them have had some really strong um, performances. But, you know, Chandler Jones has been here for four years. Was it four years or three years? He's been here he's, for a few years anyway. Yeah, I think he's been four because he's like one of the, he's in the leading soccer in franchise yes, as well. So. He is. He is. So, um, you know, and, and, and he's kind of done his time here and, and you know, done some really good things and i guess it's like sort of time to to move on and again it's one of those things would would have loved to have him stay on just not for that price especially after um being injured yeah and also obviously goes he's one of those who even throughout his years here i don't think we ever had much of an issue with him did we you know we never pulled his face or anything you know never spoke ill of the team never caused any drama on the sidelines no, nah, definitely one of the more mature guys that we've had, you know. So, you know, good luck to him in Las Vegas, I suppose. Just don't blow all the yeah. money on hockey. Yeah, absolutely. Be uh, be keeping an eye on him. And again, hopefully he's able to produce something, uh, something good there. But again, hopefully not against the Cardinals. Yeah, another Cardinal that's moved on in the offseason is Chase Edmonds, who has taken his talents to South Beach and signed for the Miami Dolphins. This has just echoes of um remember when we had um cj3k and david johnston like as this sort of running back pair for a year and then um we sort of got rid of david johnston and everything like that yeah yeah it's like obviously 
we had both Chase Edmonds and James Connor last year. Both of them did the job excellently throughout the season. And then it was like, it seemed to be free agency came around. And it was like, I don't think we could keep both of them. It'd be nice if we could. But it seems yeah. like we got to keep one and let the other one go. And, you know, ultimately, I think it's the right choice to keep James Connor there. Because despite the sort of start of the season, Chase Edmonds was taking the majority of the runs, um, at least in the field. And James Conner was taking those, you know, kind of last last 10 yards, the red zone yardage. Um, uh, James Conner ended up stepping up, you know, towards the second half of the season when Chase Edmonds was injured and just proved himself to be this brilliant all-round runner um, in a way that Chase Edmonds... You know he he has been an excellent all round runner for the team for a couple of years, but um, he was just outclassed in the end by James Conner, I think. Yeah, and it seemed to be apparently that we also had the three year deal on the table for Chase Edmonds, but when it came clear that the other guy was going to sign here, it seemed like we pulled the offer, and then he ended up going to Miami. Um, which yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think um, who did Miami have running before? I can't remember. Uh, they've had like a bit of a running a back of a committee. committee, yeah. Because yeah. I think they've had like Miles Gaskin, uh, uh, yeah, and a couple of other guys. Like obviously, just but now they've got Chase Edmonds. I think they've also signed Raheem Mostert from San Francisco. Oh yeah, he's he's good. I think um, you know uh, Chase Edmonds will do well there. You know, I think he's a really really talented player. He's got a lot of speed. Um, and, you know, I think he can definitely develop more power, which was always kind of his biggest weakness was when he was running like in the pile. Um, but, you know, I, I, I could see him being, you know, again, it's it's like it's like with everything we've said here, you know, if, if we were able to keep him, I'd have been quite happy to keep him. But at the price, you, you got to let him go. Yeah, I mean, obviously him and Connor. Combined, I think we'll probably been like maybe uh, like 10, 11 million a year, which is quite a lot for a running back team. Yeah, especially, you know, considering that they, um, you know, how injury prone that position is, a lot of that could end up being dead money quite quickly. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's always running backs, 10 a penny, like guys on the streets, guys in the draft, guys in free agency, you know. We've definitely got options there if we want to find someone that isn't Jonathan Ward or Eno Benjamin, you know, if we've yeah. already got on the roster. I so, suppose that's the other thing, isn't it, as well, is like we've got such a deep running back roster that if you did need somebody for those like odd situations, you've got people for that. Yeah, I mean obviously fans are clambering for more Eno Benjamin. So if that's the case <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure they would be mad if that was the case and yeah, we became like R B two behind James Connor. Or maybe we draft someone because I know there is a few really good prospects coming up in the draft. Yeah, I would I would expect to see at least one running back brought in in the draft, but we'll see. And I mean, there were a couple of other losses for the team as well in the off season. Although I don't think people really care that much, do they? The fact that Jordan Hicks and Jordan Phillips were both cut. I was a bit sad to see Jordan Hicks go. I think um. I think he always had something worth talking about the the day after a game, but you know, ultimately, he's he's like a, you know, a good a, he's a good player, but he's like you know average in his position. And Jordan Phillips, yeah, not a, not a big, you know, not a big one for me. Colossal waste of space and money. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, by cutting Jordan Phillips and designating him as a post June the first cut, I think that frees up like ten million cap space, which is you know probably more effective than he'd have been on the team. Yeah, I mean, and especially like, these these are the things that you have to shuffle around to get um, big names re-signed as well. Yeah, and obviously these two have already fell on the feet fine because the Jordan Hicks signed with Minnesota. And Jordan Phillips heads back to Buffalo. Um, Jordan Hicks being one of the first of a few different movements that we've had with Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be one of those things, isn't it? It's like someone's going, so we're taking their trash. They're taking our trash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, ultimately, obviously, these are 
quite a few losses on the team. Um, and this is one of the things that people are starting to get worried about, I guess you could say, would be like the fact that we've had quite a few of these losses. And um, in terms of new people coming in, there's not that much. We'll get onto more specifics of that later. But are you seeing a problem, Tom, with like the amount of people that we're letting go? Uh, yes and no, I would say. I would say mm. because it's like obviously you're good, you're not able to keep everyone. It's the NFL, and there's only so much room in everyone's cap space, isn't there? So, well, you, can that's, do as you, much, know, you can do like as much wizardry as you want with like pushing money into future years, but it's like, what are you going to do in like 2025 when you've got like 50 million in dead cap space and no one on your yeah. roster? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's. I think um, that that's how the rules are designed, right? The rules are designed to make you have to throw away even the things that are working. You can't just get rid of like the bad stuff. You've you've got to get rid of some good stuff as well, and you've got to do it tactically. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, the moves we've made so far, bringing people in and re-signing them, it's like, yeah, maybe we could have done more, but also it's not saying that we're not doing anything. Like, I'm sure Steve Kimes on the phone like 24-7. Like trying yeah, to exactly. get people in. It's like he's not just sitting on his arse all day like people think. Well, the, that's the thing as well. It's like we the, we don't get to see all the deals that nearly got made as well and all the ones that um, were rejected for some reason or other. You know, for all we know, he's made, you know, 15 offers that have been just refused by players because they don't want to come and play in the desert. Yeah, or the fact that obviously someone wants to pay them a bit more and, you know, money talks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'm, I, yeah, I can't say I'm worried yet. I, what I will say is that, you know, we have got rid of quite a few people so far that have made big plays week in, week out for the past couple of years. And that is going to need to replace one way or another, whether that is bringing somebody up through the organization who's been there for a while and giving them a shot whether that's bringing them in in the remainder of free agency or whether that's bringing them in in the draft. But there are moves that are going to need to be made um, that aren't being made yet. So, um, you know, the the thing is, is that ultimately one of those things is going to happen, right? It's not like we're going to be playing without somebody at a position. It's just a case of obviously trying to make sure that happens before all the talent gets hoovered up. Yeah, I mean, you could just look at like a free agent list, you know, people still out there without a team. It's not like there's no talent out there. There is talent still available. Yep. And not just that, but it will continue to churn through as well. You know, as people get picked up on, on from that list of free agents, other teams will be making shuffles and be letting people go. And eventually, you know, good and talented players will find a home. Yeah, exactly. And obviously we have a bunch of people who we've decided to re-sign and keep on for a bit longer. Yeah. Um, not really many surprises in here, I would say. These are all, this is again a list of people who have made significant contributions, arguably more so than some of those who've left. Yeah, I mean, obviously the first big name Edition or re-sign was the Titan Zach Ertz, who we've kept on for another three years. I believe that was like thirty-one million or something along those lines, which is frankly a bit of a bargain. I mean, he is still like he's like getting on a bit. He's like thirty-one, he, so he is, yeah. But he was so effective through the second half of the season after we signed him, and that was him coming in, you know, fresh into a new organization for the first time and in forever um learning a playbook learning all that and yet he was effective from week one yeah i mean obviously i can see uh, people do think you know maybe it is paying him a bit too much but if we didn't pay it someone else was going to i believe washington they were really interested in bringing him in and And not just more and not just that but remember it's a gate it's a it's a um a big name as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Super Bowl winning Zach Hurts, you know, he's a good player. And obviously, the Cardinals and Titans, you know, historically, have they ever had a good one? I'm not so sure. <laughs> Frankly, the closest we've come is uh, Max Williams, um, who obviously was the guy who got injured uh, to 
to let Zach Ertz come in. And, and that was really only a, a flash of a few weeks of good play that we saw from him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's going to now have like a whole off-season to get on the same play page as Kyler Murray, you know, yep. get more in tune with the playbook, you know. So his second year, or even though it's not even, it's still technically would be his first year. It's, you know, just go from strength to strength, hopefully, and, you know, hopefully be like, yeah, repay the money what we've paying him. Yeah, and I think ultimately, like we're we're seeing here a vote of confidence and and an allowing of a player to be settled. You know, he's he's never known being on a short contract. He was you know with the Eagles for such a long time and just on you know very long contracts with them. So you know, having him come in and, and make sure that he's got good job security, I think, is um, it's a no brainer, really especially after how well he was able to play for us, as I said, in the, in the second half of last season. Yeah, and obviously he's not the only tight end that we're going to be talking about this part. Well, should we just talk about Max just now then? Yeah, I think we may as well, because obviously the move was also made where we brought in Max with another ex-Williams back for another year. Which I think is fair, you know, especially given what he showed he was capable of before he got that horrible injury. Yeah, I mean, obviously, blocking tight ends do have a place in the league, and especially in a team like the Cardinals, who don't offer, obviously, they don't have a fullback in their roster. Yeah. So, an extra blocker for the running back, or even Kyle Murray. Max Williams just does everything you want him to, and he also can catch the ball as well, which yeah, is kind of we- bonus. We've seen him make some really good catches in the past as well. So, yeah, I, I can see just bringing him in for that purpose. But on top of that, you know, I think um, he's also a really popular guy. I don't know if you um, follow him on Twitter, but he did a a whole thing um, with all the players throughout the whole time he was injured where he was giving like a, a, a Max Williams trophy to the guy who put in the most like extra effort during the week and you know it was it just seemed like um a thing that, that the rest of the squad was enjoying and I do think there's a place for players like that you know players players um on the roster to you know just keep everyone motivated and on the same page and it's the same as like on the field leadership you need kind of off the field leadership as well among players you mean his to the max award that's the name. I knew I, I I was trying to think like what the hell it was called, but yeah, to the Max Award. It's like a cheap imitation of the British Birdman Breakdown Player of the Game Award. <laughs> exactly, yeah. A few just times a, we got it we got it matched up with him as well. Just has a catchy name, I suppose, but we'll have to get one. Yeah, we need a we need a catchier name, but that's a problem for uh season time. In the meantime, I want to talk about re-signing James Conner. Yeah, he's another guy who we're bringing back for another three years. Again, some people think, you know, maybe that's a bit too long, but, you know, I think he's getting like, is it three, three year, 21 million? So it's like 7 million a year on average. Yeah. And, you know, the Cardinals have had historically bad luck, I would say, with, um, you know, signing running backs who've had a really good year. And uh, signing him onto longer deals, uh, it's you know flashes of uh, of uh, David Johnson going through. But you know, James Connors proved that he can produce elsewhere. He proved that he could produce in Pittsburgh, um, and then he came over here and had uh, a really good half season and a really good full season. So um, I think it's only right they get paid. We could obviously only keep one, as we discussed with uh, with Chase Edmonds and. Ultimately, I'm I'm pretty happy having James Conner as a as a kind of you know primary running back. So, if you had to pick one of the two, you would stay with James Conner. Yeah, I think so. I think after the year and seeing him play solo, um, the fact that he was able to like get the get those big runs in and and be consistent in the end zone, and I think you know that's where like. Ultimately, your choice there is between James Conner, who is good in tight situations and and getting good yards after contact, or Chase Edmonds, who can absolutely rip a big one off if he's in space and and gets the space. And I think in the absence of an amazing O-line, I would take James Conner. See, I'm going to be different. I think we should have kept Chase Edmonds. Okay. Why why is that? What's your... uh... I just think... 
you know, like he's a better all-round football player. Like he offers more in the game than James Conner. And we obviously use James Conner a lot on the goal line. Hence his like, was it 17 total touchdowns yeah, last year? Insane amount of touchdowns, yeah. I feel like we could get any big guy off the streets and, you know, there's always like they're like oh, you can just s- sign a sign a fullback and just get them to like hammer it in. Yeah, I honestly think we could have done that a lot cheaper and then kept Chase Edmonds and I had him be our feature back along with another. Obviously, get another guy in because I think Chase Edmonds works better as like a two-headed running back committee. Mm. But yeah, like you say, Chase it's Edmonds it's... a lot, and then it's like goal line getting like a big like a Don to Foreman or. A, Kalen Ballard, you know, just like a really big, bulky guy who's just going to pound it in. Yeah, well, fair enough. I mean, and, and we know Chase Edmonds can catch the ball pretty well as well. But um, you know, I I definitely think there's something to having good consistency in yards per carry for a for a cornerback uh, cornerback for a running back, especially when you plan on throwing it a lot like we do with Kyler. Yeah. I mean, I would, I don't hate the fact that we brought back James Conner. I just think I would have done it differently, but I'm not the GM, am I? I just don't want yeah. to be. Fair, fair enough. Do we know what his contract was for versus what um, Chase Edmonds eventually got paid? I think Chase Edmonds was like free for 14, something along those lines. Yeah. And obviously Conner's free for 21. Okay, so he's significantly more expensive as well, then. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's not all money, is it? So, no, yeah, exactly. Um, well, it's, it's an interesting one, and I think it's um, you know, that's one to follow up on in a couple of years' time and see, like, well, which one did did eventually do better? And I guess ultimately, the other thing is with the running backs curse is that either of them could just get injured, you know, on any random play, and that's it. Yeah, exactly. You know. It's a short, short shelf life, isn't it, for these running backs? Yeah, they, they don't have a late expiry date, that's for sure. Um, I mean, it, sorry, go on. I mean, we did sign another player to a three-year contract as well, another long-term-ish investment in a player who's, yeah. I suppose, he's surprised a lot of people. Yeah, indeed. Um, Dennis Gardeck, the Garbarian, um, brought in again for, for another three years, which is, yeah, definitely a longer-term contract than I would have put down for Dennis Gardak. But, um, you know, if that's what they were able to negotiate, I do think he's a player that's worth keeping on. Yeah, I believe it was three million, three-year, 12 million-ish contract. Yeah, which seems fairly reasonable, I would say. Yeah, it just makes you wonder, like, what are they going to plan on using him as this year? Is he going to be, like, a situational pass rusher? Is he still going to be on special teams? You know, what is he going to be doing? Yeah, I do, I do think um, this is a big problem that the Cardinals' defense has as a whole and, and has had for some years now, which is, um, you know, lack of good defined roles for some of these guys. And, you know, I, I think it, we've seen it work as something which... Um, which allows people to just kind of go to what they feel comfortable with and to change play to play a little bit and things like that. But, um, you know, I think when you're putting in long-term investment in a guy like Dennis Gardak, who is, you know, he's definitely a talent. He's just not one of the top talents in the league. I think you do that with a plan, right? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a plan for it. But, you know, it's like, I think looking at our current depth chart, we would be looking at him and Marcus Golden as starting outside linebackers. Which is, you know, it's okay. <laughs> it's not it's not uh world leading. It's not for like totally formidable, but um you know it's fairly reliable. Yeah, I mean you could say it could do with a bit of work, but it's like where are you gonna get that from? You gotta be drafting yeah. someone. Absolutely. And I do wonder if that's you know something that could be done here would be like a, a bit of an investment into drafting um, somebody who, who you know, would, would be eventually filling that role in the next couple of years. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously that is a place where, I mean, even the depth behind them, I think we've got, what, Devon Kennard, who took a pay cut to stay here instead of being yep. cut. And and that's really just it, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously we could put Zaven Collins out there as you know, but, yeah, another guy who needs a more defined role. 
I mean, he just needs to play, doesn't he? But obviously, he does. He with, definitely needs to be on the field. Yeah, with Jordan Hicks going, the plan should, like it always has been, should mm. be Simmons and Collins in the middle. Which would be good to see, I think. I mean, it better be. We invested two first round picks in the pair. Yeah, of them. that's that is fair. Um, but no, I think um, ultimately, you know, it's a re-signing that it's not totally unexpected. But I do think three years is a long time when we've got such a wide open defense that we don't really know what we're doing with it. And it's not like we're going to be building around Dennis Gardeck, I don't think. No, no, I don't think he's that good of a player. But obviously, he's a good player. But he's not like someone you're going to put the whole team around. He's like he's just going to be a solid contributor both on defense yeah, yeah. and in special teams as he's shown since we drafted him. And I think that's, you know, that's an underrated type of position in the NFL if you like is just the contributor, you know, like a a solid guy again not somebody you're going to build the whole team around but like you know some scaffolding that's going to help keep that together. I wonder how you feel about being compared to scaffolding. <laughs> Oh, you know, strong, sturdy, made of metal. Should we go to someone else before we come out with other nonsense? Yeah, with other poor similes. Um, Yeah, I think um, this one is worth talking about and interesting to talk about. Um, We've got Colt McCoy in his backup for another two years, which after his performances and performing really solidly as a backup, uh, I'm more than happy with. Yeah, I mean it's cheap as well. I think it was like two two years for like six to seven million. So yeah, again, it's, it's like not expensive, but it's like solid backup money, isn't it? It's solid backup money, and it's like you know, again, you never want to see him on the field. But if if it came to having to put a backup quarterback in, I think Colt McCoy is a safe pair of hands, and um, you know other backups in the league yeah there's some okay ones but i almost would trust colt the most i I know it's recency bias but having seen how well he performed in those couple of games i I, i'm very happy to have him back for two years yeah i mean there's plenty of worse backup quarterbacks in the nfl than colt mccoy in fact like he probably is one of the better of the bunch and you know not just that but it's also colt mccoy's other job that that he was brought in for was obviously to act as mentor to Kyler Murray. And I think, you know, that's going to be continued stability for Kyler, especially in this, you know, couple of very pivotal years for him. Absolutely. You know, like that's one of the things his agent was on about, you know, he wants some stability around Kyler Murray. So obviously they've extended the head coach and the GM for like till 2027. Mm -hmm. You've got, Colt McCoy in for another two years. That's some more stability, isn't it? It's like, what yeah, more it's, stability it's, do you want? You know, that's somebody he works closely with in drills, and and uh, we often see um, Colt advising Kyler on the sideline with the with the iPads and stuff like that. So, um, you know, that's that's something that's going to hopefully keep um, Kyler happy is is having a guy like Colt McCoy who he seemed to get on well with who he knows will do a good job with the team should he get injured. That's I'm happy with that. And yeah, again, I mean, you know, it's, he, he came relatively cheap. Yeah, exactly. What more can you say about that one? It's like, you know, it's better to have a good backup quarterback than not have one. Yeah, precisely. And I've, I've really, <laughs> I've got nothing but good things to say, but the number of good things I have to say are, are relatively short anyway. So I'm happy to move on to the next one. Yeah, I mean, we've got a couple of one-year deals to talk about. Nothing major, but, you know, decided to bring back Michael Dogby for another year on a defensive line. Um, Yeah, a a fair enough one. Um, Michael Dogby, like, I mean, this is the same with a lot of defensive line. Um, Somebody that we didn't really talk about much unless something was going wrong. I mean, he made a few splash plays here and there, you know. Some good tackles in the backfield, but... Yeah, job. yeah, exactly. That's that's all you can expect from him, right? You know, his main thing is to put pressure on the quarterback. He's not going to be making the big plays. He's going to be putting pressure so that big plays can be made. Um, but you know, uh, some stability there in a in a defense that still doesn't really know what it's doing. Fine with it. Hopefully, we will find out what the defense is doing this year. Yeah, I I think um, we can talk about this in our kind of more season previews, but I, I think that's a big thing that I would like to see 
over this year. And last but not least, we have the special teams pair of Andy Lee and Aaron Brewer, punter and long snapper, staying together for another one year deal. A piece. Um, excellent for both of them. You know, um, Aaron Brewer. We saw what life was like without him for for one uh, week there, and uh, it wasn't so pretty. Um, and uh, Andy Lee, obviously British Bird Gang favorite, probably our uh, most frequent recipient of Player of the Game awards. Still behind Kyler Murray, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, maybe behind Kyler at this point, but you know, definitely been up there. Um, yeah. yeah, happy to see them both, you know, continue on. Um, there have been, you know, I saw some people saying that maybe maybe it was time to move on from Andy Lee and go for you know one of the more talented punters who can more consistently you know down it like way way back. But again, who who's on the market right now that you would rather have than a very safe pair of hands? I would have taken Johnny Hecker after the mm. rounds cut in. But Fair. It wasn't to be. I think he went to Carolina, so we'll have to make well, do with Andy Lee. At least he's not in our division anymore. No, but he's played for Carolina, so we're guaranteed to play them at least. Oh yeah, yeah, that is true. Our weird bugbear with them. Uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, really it for um, returning players. Uh, and for now, I guess anyway. we, for now, anyway, yeah, there's still. The season is still open, the legal tampering period and everything, all of that stuff. Um, so we'll we'll obviously do a wrap-up at the end of free agency for anything that we've missed. But for now, there's only really two big, brand-new incoming names. And I wouldn't even call them big, either. It's just like... Nah. They're just guys. Yeah, there's only two incoming names, let's call them. Yeah, and the first one is a two-year deal for cornerback Jeff Gladney, formerly of the Minnesota Vikings. Do you think Patrick Peterson had a few words with him before he came, before he signed? I think he spent the whole of last... He, obviously, off the field, there's been issues with him because he was facing a domestic violence. Ah, shit, so he was. But he was cleared of that, so the Cardinals felt it was right to bring him in, I suppose. Because I think he was held out. Like, he was drafted by the Vikings in the first round in 2020. Mm -hmm. Played a bit for them there. And then he was cut after the whole allegations came out. So he didn't play at all in 2021. Well, we've seen, um, you know, players with with trouble come to the Cardinals and kind of turn it around a little bit in the past. So... Hopefully that's something that we can see happen here. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a first-round player, so there's obviously some sort of talent in there. Otherwise, yeah. Unless, you know, it's a Minnesota Vikings and they can't draft a shit. <laughs> I do think, um, you know, again, cornerback is a position that the Cardinals have had woes in for uh, quite a few years now. And, and, you know, there's always need for fresh talent at that position. So... I do. I can't imagine him getting playing time uh, with us, you know, through that, and and hopefully again it can be uh, something that's that's kept clean. Hopefully it can be something that um, he can he can get in and, and you know start to turn around with with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, look at what we've got on the roster at the moment. Is it what Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson, and that's about it? Yeah, exactly. Who who both did a really good job last season, but. Um, Obviously, you know, with a position like cornerback, you want to be able to swap people out if you need to. You want to be able to cover for injury, um, and and you know, both of them did well, but they weren't, you know, total world class. So there's definitely room for improvement, as it were. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's still plenty of cornerbacks out there still on the market. There's a certain mm. Patrick Peterson. Oh my god, can you imagine? No one's going to want him back, surely. No. No, definitely not. Not after everything he was he was uh, saying about the team for a long time. But anyway, yeah, um, we shall see. I expect there to be more movement around cornerback um, before everything's said and done. Um, I definitely expect us to draft at least one, even if it's down in like you know the fifth round or something. So. Um, I can see Jeff Gladney at the moment really just being a, a piece in that puzzle. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd happily bring back Robert Olford for another year. You know, he did an all yeah. right job. He did do an all right job. I just hope that he can stay healthy. You know, it was because that obviously not so much last year, but the, you know, the two years before that, um, he had some pretty solid injuries there. Yeah, so obviously Gladney, he was the big acquisition so far because it's been a pretty quiet free agency period for us at signing from. Yeah, indeed. As as we discussed before, obviously, you know, that's one of the big reasons that um the fire Kyan brigade have got in their bonnet for this week at least is that he's obviously not signing anyone so he won't sign anyone although to shut them up he did sign someone literally hours before we recorded this podcast yeah indeed and uh, as it happens technically another viking um but previously of the bengals uh nick vigil signed on a one-year deal yeah and Probably the most famous thing he's known for was getting the pick six of Kyla Murray last year when we played yeah. the Vikings. Um, you Other know, than that, I've got the, nothing else to say about him. Yeah. Um, I mean, it seems as though he's been a relatively consistent player. Uh, again, you know, I, I think this is these are names that are being brought in just now as um, let's, let's fill up a roster that we can then start to cut down in the summertime, you know, like let's give some people a shot. Presumably these guys are being brought in on, on relatively cheap deals as well. Um, So I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously we don't talk about pro football focus much here, but they did give him a grade of 44 last season, which is not very good. It's I, yeah. Again, it also he was playing, you know, for the Vikings last season, and you know it's all down to strength of schedule and stuff like that. We've we've seen we've seen people make big comeback seasons and things before, so uh, you know, I guess I guess we'll have to see. And again, I think it also just points to a defense that is being toyed with. You know, it's a defense that they're trying to find the identity of at the moment. Yeah, and also he did have to make up for Patrick Peterson a lot, so you know that's one thing at least. Yeah, sure. See, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's really just about it as far as the uh, free agency period is going so far for the Cardinals. A lot of people out, um, so a decent amount renewed, um, not very many in. So, um. We're definitely expecting some big moves still to be made in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, especially with the draft coming up as well. You know, Steve Focus will turn on to that. And I mean, usually we would maybe do a few mock drafts here and there, but I think we've still got too many holes on the roster. So we'll save that for our pre-draft episode. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's only right to do that after we figure out who the big signing of free agency has been because that's usually a good indicator as to how the team's trying to be built this year and I definitely don't think we've have a big signing so far unless you count the re-signing of of Zach Ertz maybe. Yeah I mean it's been a pretty quiet one but you know it is what it is. We can only talk about what there is to talk about we can you know make shit up but where's the problem <laughs> yeah. Exactly and, and you know we'll be back in a, in a few weeks time for the pre-draft podcast and for the post-free agency podcast. I don't know whether we'll do that as two episodes or or one, but we'll figure that out close to the time, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, in the meantime, you know, kind of watching out, keeping an eye out for clues, seeing, you know, who might be flying into Arizona, who might be coming for a workout and a chat. Well, you know, time remains to be, time remains to tell us. Yeah, exactly. And obviously... We got the draft coming up, the best part of the year, and still we've done no research, so that's what we can do in these <laughs> next couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. I'm away to watch some uh, college football highlights. I don't know about you. I'll do a few more mock drafts, I suppose, and yeah. pretend I know what I'm talking about. As ever, as ever. Um, but yeah, this has been this has been fun, and uh, I think we're sort of to, to the end of another episode and, and again the start of the 2022 season of the British Bird Gang Breakdown. Yep, so that's about it for this episode of the British Bird Gang Breakdown. As always, if you're not following us on Twitter, go follow us at British Bird Gang. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash British Bird Gang and join the group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash British Bird Gang. 
by British Beer Gang merch at britishbeergang.tmail.com. And of course, if you like what you listen to on the podcast, leave us a review wherever it is you get your podcast from. And of course, keep sharing us. Keep, you know, just do everything really. Make sure yeah. the British Beer Gang stays on top. And <laughs> But yeah, that's it for this week's episode. Well, I say this week's episode, this episode. We don't know when the next one will be. It'll be sometime soon. So yeah, until we'll then, be back. We'll be back soon to break down the end of free agency and the the pre draft. But until then, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yep. Yeah, until then, goodbye and thanks for listening. <laughs>